Welcome to Straight Talk and Retirement. Your no-hype source for financial advice and making informed choices about your retirement plan. Get on the phone to talk today at 314-931-5877 or text your question to 84126. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and JBL Financial Services, Inc. are separate entities from LPL Financial Group. Now, here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, hello, St. Louis, and welcome to Straight Talk on Retirement. You're live and local, St. Louis's favorite financial call-in show. I'm Jeff Lapidus, president of JBL Financial Services. Our offices are located in beautiful, very chilly downtown Olivet, Missouri. I am a 40-plus-year veteran of the financial services area, a fee-based financial planner and wealth manager. And I'm joined every single week by my family, my oldest daughter, Erin Lapidus, who also is a fee-based financial planner and wealth manager, and her husband, my son-in-law, Rob Markham, our life insurance and fixed annuity sales specialist. Good morning. Good morning. We help our clients make smart choices about their money. The way we do that is by designing a game plan, a step-by-step strategy, a real game plan that has several goals in mind. First is to preserve, protect, and prudently grow the assets our clients have taken their entire lifetimes to accumulate. Second is to deliver a reliable stream of income, one that they can count on so they can do all the things they'd like to do during retirement. And third is cost-effectively addressing their health care needs, like helping individuals enroll in Medicare and choosing the right plan to couple with their Medicare coverage. And then when they're done enjoying their assets during their lifetime, we show them how to pass them on to the people they love, whether it's their spouses or children, grandchildren, churches or charities, whoever it might be, with Uncle Sam or the tax courts taking a big bite out of their money. And as their wealth managers, Aaron and I watch their money every single day to make sure they're staying on track. And that's why they call us the retirement coaches. Folks, uh, again, good morning. Welcome to our show. Thanks so much for taking the time to tuning in with us. We want to remind everybody out there that all of our clients are folks like you. They're 55 and older. They would like to retire or they're already retired. And we do create a game plan for them to have the goals of creating a fun and hopefully financially successful retirement. And uh, before we get into our content for today, we want to remind you that our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. 314-931-5877 or 84126 from the text line. But there are lots of other ways that you can keep in touch with us during the week. That's right. Log on to our website, jblfinancial.com. In the upper right-hand corner, you can click on the Contact Us button, request a coaching session, both financial, Medicare, or both. Uh, or you can ask us a question during the show. We'll try to get to it. We do check that throughout the next two hours. Or in the lower left-hand side of the screen, you can click on the pop-up box that appears that says sign up for our monthly newsletter. We call it the Coach's Corner, and we do send it out every single month to you. We also keep the last 12 months archived on the website, so you can check them out. But let's talk about our January newsletter. Some great articles in there. You're certainly going to want to 
peruse at your leisure. The first one being the economy staying strong after a worrying decline in 2022. The post-pandemic bounce back continues and GDP was up 4.9% in the latest quarter. Interesting infographic that goes along with that. The second article is, can your personality influence your portfolio? And the short answer to this is yes. It's a very amusing article, I think. Uh, researchers have been exploring this question for some time, and they've reached some eye-opening conclusions. Uh, give you a small example. If you're sociable and action-oriented, your investment portfolio will look a lot different from someone who is neurotic and worry-prone. I love that your personality is based on your degree of neuroticism. Well, your your portfolio uh, elections and your uh, risk tolerances um, they closely match your personality type, and this is a great, great article. You can kind of pigeonhole yourself and see where you fall and like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, our next article, good one, do you have key estate planning documents? You know, if you've listened to us for any length of time, you know we always like to be prepared. Life is unpredictable. Uh, having key estate uh, planning documents at the ready and for fully reflecting your wishes is certainly a good thing. Now may be a time to go through your checklist and make sure everything is as it should be, whether it's a durable power of attorney, a will, your advanced medical directives, or even a letter of intent. Um, this is going to be a great article. You're certain, certainly going to want to peruse to make sure you have those documents in good order. And the last article... Don't forget about your credit when planning for retirement. You know, you could be retired for longer than you were working. And while you're retired, you may want to make a big-ticket purchase item, that last car, a new uh, home renovation. You may not want to come, you know, out of pocket, off the hip for that right away. You may want to charge it. If you don't neglect your credit, you will get a reasonable rate of interest. You'll be charged a reasonable rate of interest as opposed to those who, do who haven't kept their credit in good order. So it's a great article, um, you know, just kind of reminding you to do the things that you've probably always done. Absolutely. We call it the Coach's Corner. You can access it by logging on to our website, jblfinancial.com. Click on the floating icon that appears in the lower left-hand side of the screen. It also follows you on every screen. So if you miss it on the homepage, you'll find it somewhere else. And if you want to go back, like Aaron was saying, and check out any of our past newsletters, we have the last 12 months on there archived for your reading convenience. That's right. Well, that's great. And again, our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you, 314-931-5877 or 84126 from the text line. Whether you have questions about investing, um, IRAs, RMDs, 401ks, we're going to be taking taxes, uh, possibly questions about uh, the proper legal documents we're here to answer those questions for you again at 931-5877 or 84126 from the text line as i like to say we have a lot of things on our mind but what's more important is what's on yours so we'd love to hear from you um in so, so while we're waiting for your calls and your texts um i thought it might be a nice idea to kick off this particular uh, hour of our programming with what I like to call the truth about retirement planning. You know, it's interesting because there are a lot of things that are written um, about retirement planning. And certainly it's something that you can hit the internet or buy a book or see things really on a daily basis. But 
Um, having been the, the retirement coach for um, really over 20 years, I can tell you that I believe in my mind that it comes down to one simple thing, that life truly is an algebra problem. And there are always two known quantities and an unknown, which is a variable. And we all have a lifestyle that we want to maintain in retirement. That's really what our key objective is. And so we must try to create an income stream for all of us to replace a portion of our income in retirement because we know it's basically based on our spending, right? Absolutely. Spending minus sources equals the amount needed from your investments to fill the gap. And, you know, every family has a unique spending pattern or most likely you will refer to it as a lifestyle. And different sources of where that income is going to come from and different levels of income and capital available. But the math behind retirement planning is always the same. And I think that's really what's key. Um, No matter how many zeros you have in your asset base or in your net worth, um, the math is always the same. Again, we go back to how much are you spending, what are your sources, and is there a deficit? And if there is, then we have a formula that we use, and we'll talk about that in a little while, which is um, an algebra problem. So since we have folks that have unique spending patterns and obviously lifestyles as well, Um, It really depends upon the math and what's available. And what's fortunate for us is that um, for those of of you that invite us into your lives as your coaches, uh, we get the privilege of having fun. And so as we always like to say, we create a game plan, a real strategy, a written one with several goals in mind. Preserve and protect and prudently grow the assets um, that you've taken your entire lifetimes to accumulate, right? Absolutely. And second one being deliver the income they need to maintain their lifestyle. And and just as importantly, deliver it in a tax effective manner in the exact amount that they need. And two other things as well, right? Got to keep people on track and you definitely have to deal with unexpected emergencies as they arise because nothing, you know, no plan ever goes perfectly. There's always something that comes up. And that's why they call us the retirement coaches. So it's a fun venture, and I would say that if we can break everything back into a very simple mathematical problem, and let's use an example. Let's take Joe and Sally, and let's just assume that um, Joe and Sally have told us that in visiting with them that their current spending pattern is approximately $6,000 a month. What we like to do and we recommend is that's an after-tax number. We want to build that back up from a pre-tax amount by increasing that by 20%. So that would take that number up to 7,200. 7, yes, yeah, 7,200 per month. Um, from a sources point of view, we know that there's Social Security benefits, let's say together, running approximately um, 6,000 a month. So we know that they're going to be short approximately $1,200 a month or $14,400 a year. We know that by using a prudent rate of withdrawal, a withdrawal stream, uh, assuming a 4% rate, what we would hope to do and our goal is to maintain that capital over a long period of time. So algebraically, we take 14400 we divide that by 4%, and that basically, and I think if my number's right, that's approximately $350,000. 
360. So Thank close. You. Uh, Thank and you. I, I think that this example uh, really shows that a lot of the literature that you read regarding retirement planning, talking about how much you have to have in order to be able to maintain a comfortable retirement, um, really can't be generalized to everyone because it's first, it's about your spending, and second, it's about your other income sources that have created a floor, if you um, so to speak, on how much you need to rely on from your investments. So. In this case, Joe and Sally only need three. They need less than four hundred thousand dollars in order to maintain a comfortable retirement for themselves. It's not a million or two million. Um, it really depends upon what you're spending. And you know, we can even dig even further. What if that uh, fourteen hundred dollars a month they needed, or twelve hundred dollars a month, was going to towards a mortgage? Do we pay the mortgage off to free up that capital that's you know held to uh, satisfy that obligation? So there's a lot of other uh, planning quirks that come into it, variables, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah, and again, that's, um, I think that's really the truth. Um, I wouldn't say stay away from the internet because that's impossible. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt, maybe. Yes. Um, if, it, if it feels wrong, it's wrong. Um, intuitively, we know that it's all about getting out your calculator and looking at your, looking at your checkbook you may be doing that online, of course. Um, but again, it, it's the math. And that's why this show is all about let's get real about the math. And I think what we have found is, um, in our experience over the last 20 years, is that with our clients who have readily identified in a fair way what their normal income spending is over a period of time, we've been able to apply this algebra problem to their situation and that capital that they require, that they need to generate the income that's dedicated to the duty, if you want to think of it that way, of generating the income that they need, uh, we call that the milk money. And making sure that the milk money is prudently invested, um, having the ability to grow at a rate that hopefully over a long period of time will exceed a 4% rate of interest, means their capital will be maintained. And the rest of it, well, the rest of their assets what they're then able to do is dedicate it to some other things. Number one is obviously having an emergency fund, which is having dollars there available to you so that in case if you have emergencies, you don't have to borrow money or we don't have to dip into the milk money and diminish that capital. Um, the second thing obviously would be for capital consumption events, whether it's buying that next car or the last car, as Rob likes to talk about it. We, we, we joke, of course. Um, doing those home renovations. Uh, maybe it's a situation where you're, you're making gifts to help children or grandchildren, maybe with a college education, whatever it might be, or maybe even getting a new home. Or pos And then finally, what we're looking at is growth. Those other excess assets can be invested for growth for the future, which they can be used if need be to supplement that income stream or to be used for other purposes. I think what the key here is, at least for me, and I know that Aaron will um, – would agree with me in working together for she and I've been with, with each other for over the last 10 years is that when our clients are really good at pinpointing what their, what their current spending is and we fund to that, they never ask us for a raise. I mean, literally they don't ask for us for a raise. And, and that's been and, true over the previous eight years before the last two, where we saw, um, 
a significant rise in inflation, which does have an impact on your day-to-day expenses. But um, as we found, people dis- people make choices either consciously or subconsciously to maintain the expenses that they are that they had in the past. So as opposed to uh, you know just buying the same exact things they were always buying with a- an elevated price, they decide you know maybe we won't spend eight dollars a pound on bacon. We'll just have eggs or something along those lines. You know, I think it's, there's even further, which is. Um as peep as we age, all of us age. Our spending patterns change. Our tastes change. Um, frankly, we've found that as folks get older, they eat less. Um, in many cases, they consume less. But we don't plan for that. We find that that happens in normal spending. We're always making exchanges, and that's why when someone retires, um, we don't even have to build in, and we don't build in an inflation factor because we know that there's a cost to go to work. We don't factor that incremental cost into their budget. What we do is it's absorbed. And it seems to become what we have found is, is that it's the fudge factor. And, it is, there. and also we tend to slightly overestimate uh, your tax bracket because we know the tax system is progressive. Not every dollar is taxed at, in the same rate. But we tend to look at it from the most expensive dollar and assume that all of your dollars are taxed that way, which builds in an additional buffer for you in retirement. Buffers and cushions are great things. That's right. And you know, Dad, we have a couple of text questions I think we should jump into. Fabulous. Well, you you have command of the calm there, so go for it. And our first texter writes, my wife will be turning 65 on June 20th of this year. When Medicare benefits begin, In will Medicare benefits? Uh, Medicare benefits begin in June or in July. Thank you. Great news. As long as you apply in April or May, your wife's benefits will begin June 1st. So you have three months prior to the month of June to apply for Medicare benefits for them to begin on the 1st of June. If you apply in June, they won't begin until after that. So definitely make sure that um, you get that Medicare Part A and B application in before June 1st, and she will have a June 1st effective date. Okay, and our next texter writes, My dad just passed away and had all of his assets in a trust, including cash, 401Ks, IRAs, and his house. What is the first thing I need to do to avoid a tax mistake? This is a great question, and thank you for all of the additional detail. So the first thing I would say is that the cash is going to receive a step-up in basis, meaning you get the cash without having to pay taxes on it. So you can distribute that immediately if you are not the only benefactor of your dad's trust. Um, with 401k and IRA assets, uh, how will that those distributions work, Rob? When you're inheriting a 401k, non-spouse, that is, you have ten, you'll have to set up an account to receive those funds. What type of account? A beneficiary IRA account. That's right. And you will have... 10 years to empty it. Now, you'll have 10 years to empty it, whether it's a Roth or a traditional. Obviously, the Roth you won't pay taxes on, but the 10-year sunsetting rule remains in effect. And if your dad was on an RMD schedule, in addition to inheriting his 401k, you also inherit his RMD schedule. So that is your floor of what you have to take out. 
And then the ma- there is no maximum, just with the caveat the, that it's got to be. It's got to be done in ten years. I mean, I think it would be probably more efficient to uh, space it out over ten years, tax-wise, depending on what tax bracket you fall in, rather than take it all in once. But that would be a uh, question that each individual could could best work out. And that's nice because you do have a varied. You are able to vary your schedule aside from the required minimum distribution that is the floor. So. You know, for example, if our texter is going to retire in two years, we know his tax bracket's going to drop because he won't have his earned income. Maybe he'll take more substantial distributions the following eight years than the first two, but that gives you a little bit of flexibility. And then the final piece is the house. The house is going to receive a step up in basis to the fair market value on the date of dad's passing. So that means when you sell it, if you sell it for any gain above and beyond the fair market value, that's the only piece that will be taxable to you. If you sell it for a loss, you can record a long-term capital loss. Um, I was just going only to only to add a small, um, asterisk in the situation there are only two assets that you might uh, inherit from dad that would not be eligible for a step up in basis obviously to fair market value obviously the IRAs are one but if there are U.S. savings bonds um, which you haven't paid tax on guess what the interest uh, isn't subject to the step up in basis you have to pay tax on that and if you also um, happen to inherit any annuity contracts that are outside of the IRAs Yes, the interest has been growing income tax deferred on those, and Uncle Sam wants his money. So um, at the time, you'll have um, two different dis- a couple of different distribution patterns that are available to you with a non-retirement annuity. But in general, those have to be uh, basically emptied within five years as well. So, And you have a lump sum option as well, but you will have to pay income taxes. One of the um, uh, cases I found interesting was we had a client that inherited some uh, of some 401k assets and he wanted to know if he could import them into his uh, 401k and while you couldn't do that what you could do is while you take those distributions out of the the, the 401k that you inherited you can turn up your contributions at work so it's a kind of like a backdoor way of of funding your own 401k with the inheritance while not obviously being a direct one for one it's a kind of a, a neat little workaround. We like to call that reverse engineering. And we actually have a video that we've done on that that's on the website as well. Oh, excellent. Which is, which is which would be nice if somebody wants to review that. And um, in case you get to see me, but do me a favor. When you see the video, don't text Weight Watchers, if you would. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, those cameras are always put, put weight on people. Uh-huh. That's... that's that, that I'm going to keep you as my son-in-law. Thank you. Thank, up. thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, you know, it's it's about 28 minutes after the hour. Why don't we take our first break? When we come back, we'll be here to answer your texts as well as your calls at 314-931-5877 or your text line 84126. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. One of the great stories about Lordo's Diamonds is when the longtime boyfriend gets down on his knee and asks for his longtime girlfriend's hand in marriage. And she says, is that ring from Lordo's? Only when the boyfriend says, yes, it is, does she accept his hand in marriage. True story. And that's because Lordo's Diamonds is one of those family jewelers 
she wanted the ring from Lordo's because that's where her grandparents got the ring. And she wanted to go down that same road. That's what you get with a family jeweler. Lordo's diamonds, necklaces, earrings, bracelets, and yes, the big one, the engagement ring, all from Lordo's diamonds. When you are ready, right there in the heart of Ladue on Clayton Road, Lordo's diamonds will be there. The jewelry store from the mall is long gone. You're not going to get something at Amazon. And the guy in a trench coat is long gone. Your family jeweler for generations, Lordo's Diamonds or lordosdiamonds.com. I'm Jennifer Blome, and like a lot of you, I have anxiety about going to the dentist. I was so happy when I found Baldwin Dental Care. Dr. Kimberly Simons is the owner, and she and her staff understand what it's like to be a patient. There's a new patient special right now, a comprehensive exam, a cleaning, four x-rays, and an oral cancer screening for $99 or a $100 credit on your account. Ballin Dental Care in the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods store on Manchester Road. Just Google Ballin Dental Care and tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. When you go and get your car washed. Care which car wash you go to? Yes, because not all car washes are created equal. Country Club Car Wash is the local family-owned and family-operated car wash since 1989. All these other ones that are popping up, they're all run by out-of-town hedge funds. Keep it local. Keep it great. Touchless car washes. No brushes. Inside and out. Five area locations. Country Club Car Wash or cccwstl.com. Hi, everyone. Jennifer Blom inviting you to join me September the 4th as we discover spectacular Tuscany with Colette. We'll unpack only once for a seven-night hotel stay at a beautiful resort and spa. Enjoy fabulous local wines and the region's famous cuisine. We'll visit vineyards, farm towns, Luca, and Pisa. We'll even take a Tuscan cooking class and learn how the famous Pecorino cheese is made at a local farm. Colette handles all the details, flights, meals, hotels, sightseeing, and local experiences. Our only job is to have the time of our life. Don't miss out. Join me and the folks from Colette to learn more on January the 30th at 6 p.m. in the Altair Travel Living Room in Brentwood. RSVP by calling our friends at Altair at 314-968-9600 or go to ktrs.com to learn more. I hope to see you on January the 30th at 6 p.m. in the Altair Travel Living Room. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Dan Lang. Join me every Sunday afternoon from 2 to 3 on the Big 550 for Animal Talk, where I talk about everything regarding dogs, cats, and other domestic animals. Topics include nutrition, training, medical checkups, special guests show up now and then, and, of course, I'll answer your questions. So join me every Sunday afternoon from 2 to 3 for Animal Talk on the Big 550, KTRS, the Animal Talk of St. Louis. This is Jeff Lapidus, the retirement coach. Wouldn't it be great to have a game plan, a real strategy, so that no matter what was going on in the stock market, the economy, or the world, that you could be confident about your retirement? Wouldn't that be great? If you're within five years of retirement, call me today at 314-863-0008. That's 314-863-0008. Or send me an email, jeff at jblfinancial.com to arrange your free coaching session. Let's get started on your retirement game plan today. 
Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, we're back here on the Big 550 KTRS, Talk Radio St. Louis. It's 932. We're here to answer your calls at 314-931-5877 and your text messages at 84126. And I understand we have a caller on the line. We do. James has been waiting patiently. Good morning, James. Good morning. Uh, I'm a a 73-year-old retiree. Uh, I have a fixed index annuity uh, that has uh, four uh, Roth IRA uh, accounts in it. And these are going to come out of surrender at the end of this month and not getting a a good return uh, on them in this annuity. So, uh, since they're going to be kind of liquid for me at the end of the month, uh, trying to decide what to do with those. If uh, to uh, my, uh, I have a current uh, financial advisor who is suggesting that I take the two highest uh, of the Roths, uh, I think one's 73K, the other is 76K, and put those in a, uh, I guess, a higher quality annuity uh, where. Uh, the uh, he would put them with the S and P 500 index, and I think the the cap on it was 7.75 with with no spread, and uh, so that's kind of what his plan was for the two highest ones. The two lower Ross he was going to, uh, which were I think 44 and 32 Ks, uh, he was going to put that in with fidelity and have them. Be I think he referred to it as a, a buffered, uh, buffered uh, Roth IRAs with 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 uh, fidelity, and so that's kind of what his suggestion is. But I was trying to get another opinion on it. Um, I, I have a question for you. Um, is this the same advisor that uh, sold you these four different uh, index annuities? Yes. Okay. Um, with all due respect. Um, I would call this double dipping. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense to me that you're going to jump from the frying pan right back into the fire. Um, That's why I was calling. He he heard us earlier and he thought if it doesn't feel right, it might not be right. (laughs) Yeah. I I tried to have him review all the non annuity options and he kind of poo pooed, uh, you know, chasing uh, CDs because the rates were going to be on their way down and uh, kind of same thing, I guess, for money market. And uh, uh, even with the, the MIGAs, uh, 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 you know, within a few years, I'd be uh, having to look at maybe at lower rates then. So like I said, I'm just trying to look for better options, what to do. Well, a couple of things I would mention here, and, and Rob likes to talk a lot about this with our clients in regard to their annuity contracts. The reason you purchase an annuity generally is for some safety of principle with the idea that eventually you're going to be creating an income stream. With a Roth, you're not in that situation because you can let the money grow income tax deferred. Certainly, many advisors, I mean actual financial advisors, not insurance agents, would be making a recommendation that you consider looking at things that might be a little bit more positioned for true growth. Why give yourself a cap? And frankly, that cap is not really a true cap because what happens is is that the way that the index crediting works is that you never earn 7.5%. Um, I would certainly suggest that 
Um, I would go the opposite way. If we want something to be safe, um, you certainly could look at CDs, you could look at bonds, you could look at balance funds. You could also consider um, a managed model, which would include um, somebody like Fidelity or maybe other managers, and they're only we only have like 50 other ones, that actually will create a model for you um, of mutual funds or ETFs that would be based on your risk tolerance. So you can actually have the ability for growth, but at the same time, and maybe this is the big deal, is you're also going to have full liquidity. When you go into an annuity contract, you understand that there are restrictions in terms of withdrawal privileges. With most index annuities and most fixed annuities, you have a, you have no more than 10% free withdrawal quarter. Why have that type of why put that type of a restriction into a Roth IRA, especially one where um, you're never required to make required minimum distributions at all? So I would certainly say that at least in general, and Aaron, you'll, you'll come back with this, but we have never used an annuity inside of a Roth IRA. It seems like it's a totally wrong place to put it in. It's almost and, as if you're putting shackles on something that you don't want really shackled. Yes, and, and frankly, when you think that this is the vehicle that's available for you where you can have and maybe have the opportunity to experience significant growth, why would you want to? Why would you want to have a cap? Number one and number two, we know the growth is income tax free, uh, as long as your Roth has been in, in there for five years, which obviously yours has been because you've been an annuity contract. But at the same time, these are then inherited by the folks that you love, income tax free. So an annuity, not the right recommendation. Baby, you want to add yeah, something I, to that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, James, please chime in, and then I'll I'll jump in. Well, I just want to say, yeah, I had a lot of the same reservations, uh, even though I had told him that I don't have the need for income. Uh, now I'm putting like $1,800, $2,000 away now into my money market, and uh, that uh, I've, I've had fairly poor returns from the uh, annuities that I do have. I have some others besides this one that we're talking about uh, that uh, I was looking really for some other better options outside annuities, and he came back with this uh, annuity suggestion. So that's why <laughs> I had reservations right off the bat. But I am looking for something that is has only has moderate risk to it, and uh, but has you know fairly good growth potential and that kind of thing. But well, go so ahead, James. I would say that you've really added to all of the reasons why we would not recommend an annuity to you. It sounds like not only you have the cash flow you need to maintain your lifestyle, but you have excess already, and you are putting almost $2,000 away every month In, into a liquid money market account, right. which is another place where, you know, we all balance risk in different ways. Some people inside of one account, you want to keep a certain balance. But if we look across all of your accounts, we could consider the money market account relatively safe um, and free of market fluctuation for sure. You have that interest rate risk because the rate floats for you. However, it's floating higher than it has in the last 10 years. So you're hopefully getting a nice uh, fixed return there for the time being. So taking a look at your Roth as maybe the place as really the true engine behind your growth, because like my dad mentioned, this is the place where you get tax deferred growth as long as the account's been in existence for five years and you're over. Um, 
59 and a half, which you meet both of those requirements. Maybe you're not taking on excess risk, but in this part of your portfolio, your risk tolerance is slightly higher because in the rest of your accounts, you're already moderated. So there are other alternatives, just like my dad mentioned, using index funds, mutual funds, ETF funds in a balanced approach that can moderate your risk, but one doesn't put a cap on the returns that you can and that you'll ret- that you'll receive and secondly can moderate your risk so you're not 100% in equities but you're also taking advantage of hopefully as interest rates either moderate or come down you'll see uh, growth on the bond portion of the portfolio through um through the uh, through uh, market value of those bonds and your instincts James were absolutely right as far as like you know I really don't feel like this was the right you know uh financial tool from my situation, let me get a second opinion on that. So your hunch was absolutely correct, James. I would just add one other, or I'd just ask one other question, which is um, the person that you're calling an advisor are they licensed to sell um, securities to you? Are they have they put mutual funds in your portfolio or ETFs, etc.? Or are they just selling you like uh, annuity contract? No, I believe they're they're uh, uh, licensed properly for those things. Yeah. I, I moved from Kansas City a couple of years ago, and this is, I still have that same advisor uh, when I was there in Kansas City. So I'm looking to, uh, uh, you know, change probably to somebody here locally, and I, so I may be contacting you all and, and so on. But uh, yeah, they've they've sold me everything from uh, this annuity to a universal life policy, and I have a brokerage account with them and so on. Well, obviously, James. Um we would certainly love to, to speak with you as we do with, and frankly, all the folks that call us are our listeners. So again, we appreciate you listening to the show. Easy to get in touch with us. You can either go to our website, jblfinancial.com, hit the contact us section, give us some information and our staff will contact you, or you can always give our office a call, 314-863-0008. There are a lot of good advisors out there, and we certainly would love to have the privilege to earn your business if that's what you'd like to do. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, James. Before we take our next break of the hour, I thought we'd just get to our t- next text question. I'm retired from for the time being, $1 million plus in assets, mostly annuities, and a dividend portfolio that is managed for me. I also have 100000 in a money market fund. I would like to put 15000 in my checking savings account for bills. I have 300000 in an IRA that is locked in at 3 uh, 324000 two years ago for it with a three-year contract. Should I take the 15000 from my annuity or the money market fund? I view the latter as my rainy day fund, but also have used it to uh, feed my dividend portfolio. Thank you. Well, it looks... Well, you know, Dad, I'd let you chime in on this, too. Depending upon what type of an annuity it is and if you've added any additional riders to it, you should have at least a $30,000 withdrawal using that 10% uh, withdrawal corridor from the annuity. That would be my first place to go with the caveat that there aren't any restrictions you've added to that 10% using an income rider in the future or anything like that. Honey, I... I, I agree with you. Um, having a, having at least, it sounds like he has about at least a third of his uh, money inside of an annuity contract. Uh, that's more than enough. And I was right. going to say, uh, so I, I would certainly use that. Um, and it gives you an opportunity to either add to your money market or 
um, add some more um, some more investments on the investment side, right? That's right, because you should have excess of the 15000 that you'd like to move into your checking account. And especially with the market the way that it's been, and if it continues on a similar trajectory, um, you're going to see – hopefully you'll see growth in that dividend portfolio versus the annuity most likely is fixed depending upon what type of annuity you have. So I would say looking at the fixed side of things, you've got that guaranteed withdrawal percentage that you might consider doing that. But again, you, know, you have to check the terms of your specific contract since we're not uh, – we don't have all of that information. Yeah, and one thing that um, I would also say on the side from the investment angle um, – the dividend, either stocks or, frankly, dividend-paying dividend paying mutual funds, um, are on the value side. And what we've seen, especially in the last, um, I would say, two quarters, is that growth has really made a comeback. So this might be an opportunity for you, if you do have some excess funds, to maybe begin to balance even your equity portfolio, adding some growth to the value side. Would you agree, babe? Absolutely. It's always a nice opportunity to look at rebalancing things. But with that, I think let's take our second break of the hour. And we, When we get back, we will be here to answer more of your texts and phone calls at 314-931-5877 or text us at 84126 on the text line. We'll be right back. Join us for the Byerly RV Expo, January 11th to the 15th at Byerly RV in Eureka, Missouri. Get show discounts on our entire inventory, including used. Prices so low, we can't show them on the internet. Coffee and donuts each morning and extended hours on Friday and Monday. And every RV purchased during the Expo gets free stores through April and free dewinterization. Go to ByerlyRV.com for more information and come see us in Eureka, Missouri, the center of the RV world. Hi, this is Stuart Rosenblum, president of Stuart's American Mortgage. Stewie! Mortgages are the biggest investment that a person's going to make in their life, yet most people don't know anything about it. Tune in for Mortgages and More with Stewie. That's me, where we can go over all the different types of mortgage programs in simple terms. You, me. Stewie! You'll become an expert after the first show. Listen to Mortgages and More with Stewie, Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on KTRS. When you go and get your car washed, do you really care which car wash you go to? Yes, because not all car washes are created equal. Country Club Car Wash is the local family-owned and family-operated car wash since 1989. All these other ones that are popping up, they're all run by out-of-town hedge funds. Keep it local. Keep it great. Touchless car washes, no brushes, inside and out. Five area locations, Country Club Car Wash or cccwstl.com. That weekend trip or holiday getaway is all just a short flight away. The adventure begins at Mid-America St. Louis Airport. Direct flights to seven different Florida locations. Orlando, Tampa St. Pete, Sarasota, Jacksonville, Destin, Fort Lauderdale, as well as Fort Myers. Allegiant Airlines is your ticket to warmer weather and some family fun. Mid-America St. Louis Airport in Mascouda, Illinois, an award-winning, nationally recognized airport. So get a line and book that trip at flymidamerica.com. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. 
This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. This is Aaron Lapidus, the retirement coach. Wouldn't it be great to have a game plan, a real strategy, so that no matter what was going on in the stock market, the economy, or the world, you could be confident about your retirement? Wouldn't that be great? If you're within five years of retirement, call me today at 314-863-0008. That's 314-863-0008. Or send me an email at Aaron at JBL financial.com to arrange your free coaching session let's get started on your retirement game plan today let's talk about smart choices for your money it's great talk on retirement on the big 550 ktrs here are your retirement coaches jeff and aaron lapidus well it's 949 here on the big 550 ktrs we're back for our last segment of this hour of straight talk on retirement we do have another segment coming up and we're here to answer your phone calls and your texts at 314-931-5877 or 84126 from the text line. Uh, Rob, I know that um, we want to get into our Rock Stars of the Week segment, but before we do, this phone call with James is, is on my mind. I, I, I have to tell you, this, this, this is a tough one. Um, often, we're visited with folks that have... I don't want to use the word multiple annuities, but somebody has four inside of a Roth. You got to be kidding me. I mean, and, and we've seen worse than this. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. And I have to tell you that if it doesn't make any sense to me and it doesn't make any sense to you, it doesn't make doesn't any make, sense. It doesn't make any sense. It just it doesn't make any sense, period. And I, I thought James did a great job because he caught on to it and, you know, he did the he did the exact thing you're supposed to do. Like, you know, I have a feeling that things aren't let me get a second set of eyes on it. And it's the exact uh right thing you're supposed to do because you know, James can't be expected to be an expert in all this, and neither can any of our listeners. They were experts in their field of employment for, you know, many, many years. And so, you know, when you get, a, like you said earlier, when you get that feeling that, you know, this, 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 this doesn't add up or it's adding up to something that doesn't quite make sense, you know, he did the exact thing you're supposed to do. You get a second, you get a second opinion, you get a second uh, set of eyes on it. And you know what? I just have to interrupt everyone because we have an urgent text question that has come through, only five minutes to answer, and I want to get to it, which is, is there a tax advantage to assigning your car or home or savings account as a transfer on death? There is no tax advantage to doing this in your lifetime. However, there is an advantage to doing this in case something happens to you. If you do not put the, if you do not TOD or POD, which is payable on death, they both effectively mean the same thing. 
you don't have these designations on your after-tax accounts, on your home, on your a bank account, they are going to end up, depending upon their value, in probate, which means your loved ones or the charities that you've left these assets to or intend to leave these assets to aren't going to get them as quickly. They're going to have to pay in order for the state to determine who should receive them. So we would absolutely recommend that everything you have either has a transfer on death, a beneficiary designation, or if it's a home, um, a beneficiary deed. So that if you don't have a trust already in existence or don't plan or need a trust based on your specific situation, you do want to make sure that if anything happens to you or in the eventually when something does happen to you, that your family, loved ones, and charities uh, are going to be able to receive everything you've worked for in full as opposed to you know having to pay the probate court in order to adjudicate where these funds belong. Well done, babe. Oh, thank you. And we have our next text question. It's a long one. Texter writes, good morning. I have a question for you. Part of my 401k plan is invested in a mutual fund that does not pay a dividend. While looking at my recent account activity, I was pleasantly shocked to see a deposit of about $850 last month. The deposit was listed as a dividend. From the mutual fund. Thank you. Thinking there may be a mistake, I contacted the company that manages our 401k plan. The person with whom I spoke said it was a capital gain gains distribution, not a dividend. Unfortunately, he did not he did not know the difference between the two. Is that something you can explain? I am just curious about what a capital distribution is. Thank you for your wonderful show. Um, Dad, do you want to take this one, or would you like me to jump in? Uh, you're doing a better job than me, so go for it. Why, thank you. Um, all right. <laughs> I learned from the best. So a capital gains, just let's back up. Mutual funds have a requirement um, to either pay out a pay, pass through capital gains, distribu- capital gains, capital losses, or dividends and interest, depending upon the situation. So in negative years, sometimes people see capital gains distributions from their mutual funds, even though the net asset value of them is not higher. This is because the underlying funds that make up your mutual fund have had a capital gain during the sales that that fund manager has made over time. So a lot of people, you know, you might think about this as like the Wolf of Wall Street guy that's saying more Facebook, less Amazon, so on and so forth inside of your mutual fund. If they have sold securities underlying your mutual fund at a capital gain, that mutual fund is required to pass along a piece of that to you throughout the year. So that is what you were seeing was growth in the underlying investments that make up your mutual fund being passed along to you. The underlying investments didn't necessarily pay out a dividend. And so if you're looking at, usually we see this in growth-oriented mutual funds because those companies don't tend to pay dividends, but they tend to see appreciation in their in their stock price if we're having a positive year. And in the last year, just like my dad mentioned, we've seen a run up on the growth side of the port of the S and P five hundred. So most likely, you picked a nice fund. The underlying investments paid uh, appreciated, and your mutual fund passed along that capital gain to you, a piece of it. Yeah, and I would just add that technically. Um Short-term capital gains are sales of securities that are made within one year. 
a long-term capital gain is one that a security was held for more than 12 months. So that fund manager sold um, some of the underlying securities that were in that portfolio, which they had held for more than one year, and that's why you you saw a capital gain. Good question. Capturing gains with rebalancing. We love to see it. Yes. And our next texter writes, I'm 72 years old. 72 years old, I have a traditional IRA. Can I open a Roth IRA and deposit some of the withdrawals from the traditional IRA with my advantages? Well, so if you are a 72-year-old that is still earning income, you are able to make Roth contributions. However, if you have no earned income, then unfortunately you are not able to make contributions to a Roth account. No earned income? No IRA account. Roth IRA, traditional IRA, unfortunately, none of them. And you don't want an orange jumpsuit, so don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) They don't look comfortable. No, they they do not. No, they do not. Um, Do we have any any more text questions or calls on the line at this point? Because I know we've got about three minutes left in this particular hour. We have one more text question. Texter writes, my wife and I have an estate of $2 million. We have no children or other family members to leave our estate to. If we want to pass this on to charities, what is the the most efficient way to do so? Wow, we have gotten a lot of really in-depth text questions this morning. The cold is really having people think, I guess. They got up early. That's right. We're having a little fun. So I think what's important here is that um, – you, you need to split your assets into two pieces. Um, one are the, um, the tax-qualified accounts, like your IRAs, um, 401ks, et cetera, and the other one would be the non-qualified accounts. Um, a couple of things that you can do. Number one is, obviously, if you don't need all of the capital, you might consider making distributions today. Uh, and... If you, you, if you make distributions directly from your IRA accounts, um, what you can do is reduce the taxation of your requirement distributions. At the same time, I think what's fun is, you know, you want if you're going if you're going to be giving money to specific charities that you're already involved in, let especially them know. in such large amounts. That's right. Let them know. They'll invite you to the stuff, and you know maybe you'll get a little recognition. And... But also you get to see your money at work potentially yes. if you're using some of those distributions like my dad just talked about to make donations. Maybe you get to see in life some of the good works that are being done with the funds that you've made donations for with. And you're doing that by beneficiary designation unless you're making direct contributions. Um, the other thing you can take a look at is what's called a donor-advised fund. And this is something you can do with non-qualified assets. You make a contribution to your donor-advised fund, and what you do at that point is you can then make distributions at your leisure, but you get the tax deductions on the front end when you make the contributions. And then the one last thing I would add is that at your passing, because you plan to leave everything um, to uh, charitable organizations, it sounds like, churches, charities, whatever it might be, there are no tax consequences to your estate or to the charities regardless of how those funds are held because charities do not pay taxes. So even if they're in IRAs or after-tax or non-qualified annuities or U.S. savings bonds, they'll be able to cash those in without paying taxes, so maintaining the size of your estate in that very generous donation that you've made. Um, 
with that, we just have a couple seconds left, so please stay tuned. We will be back for the second part of our show, kicking off our Medicare hour. So cue those questions up. We will be right back after these messages. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Retirement. I'm Aaron Lapidus, the retirement coach. I'm Robert Markham, your life insurance and fixed annuity sales specialist. And I think Jeff Lapidus has taken a little break while we head into the second hour of the show. But I wanted to step back quickly because we have a few text questions regarding our conversation about making contributions to Roth IRAs. And our texter writes, good morning. Question, not sure if I heard you correctly. So in order to deposit money into a Roth IRA, I have to be employed. Is that true? What's the definition of employed? Can I work four hours a month and still get a paycheck? Does that constitute being employed? Yes, sir, it absolutely does. You just have to have earned income. Now, the caveat here is you can't contribute more to the Roth than you have earned in income. This year, the maximum Roth contribution is $6,500 with a $1,000 catch-up if you are over the age of 50 years old. So if you would like to make a full Roth contribution this year, you have to have earned $7,500. If you earn $6,000 throughout the year with four hours of work per month, then you can contribute up to the $6,000 that you have earned. So the... The marker here is earned income. It doesn't matter how much or how lit. Well, it does matter how much because you could lock yourself out of a Roth uh, a Roth contribution with over, I think it's $100,000 if you're an individual. But as long as you have a little earned income, you can make up to what you've earned or $7,500 to that Roth. We had a second question, which was, do you think that texter really was asking about Roth conversion? Now, Roth conversion is a little bit different. That means you take IRA pre-tax assets, and as opposed to just taking a distribution, paying the taxes on them and taking that money home or putting it into an after-tax account, you take money from your traditional IRA, you pay taxes on that money, and then move it into a Roth. You are able to do that without earned income. However, you are paying taxes on the distribution when you are at then contributing it to it's not really considered a contribution because you are converting it from IRA to Roth. So there are a few ways to get money into Roth accounts. However, I would say the most tax efficient way to do it is with earned income as opposed to taking money out of the IRA just to contribute it to the Roth. Yeah, I got the feel from that texter that he just wanted to know if that was a, an option to sure. to places rmd and well see there's another thing well, well, with, actually, the, with an rmd right. with a required minimum distribution you cannot take your required minimum distribution pay the taxes and use that money as the conversion so let's say that you have a required minimum distribution of ten thousand dollars for the year you have to take that none of that can go into the roth above and beyond that so let's say you took a fifteen thousand dollar distribution 5000 can be converted into Roth. You can't convert your required minimum distribution into Roth. Um, the IRS figured that out before the rest of us did, and they closed that loophole. Hmm. They're very, very smart. They, that's why we pay them, I guess. 
<laughs> anyway, let's get on to what everybody really wants to hear about, which is our Smart Choices About Your Healthcare segment. We're going to talk a little Medicare benefits today. We had a couple of great text questions last week that we thought we would, and uh, great questions from um, individuals that we've been working with over the past week or two. So we thought we would spend a little bit of extra time talking about extra benefits. And we call this the battle of the extra benefits. And we're going to talk a little bit about Craig and Julie. And Craig and Julie both became clients during our last open enrollment season. Craig went from a Medigap to Advantage plan during his open enrollment, and now he has a United Health Care PPO plan. This plan made the most sense given his combinations of medications and doctors. So that's always important. We want to make sure that your medications and your prescriptions fit the plan that you've selected because that is the most important piece of your health care, in our opinion. And he called last week and wanted to thank Frank for his help during the last open enrollment. And I know that they went over a lot of... uh, a lot of the benefits that came with this plan, but I know he probably forgot to mention a lot of the newer benefits that he was able to get. That's right. So, you know, he had a few questions about the -the over-the-counter drug uh, um, benefit that he has available to him. He wanted to know, is there a separate card? How does he get access to this benefit? When does it start? How are the funds distributed? You know, he had a lot of questions. So, First of all, with United Healthcare, there is not a separate card for your over-the-counter benefits. Now, your over-the-counter benefits are all those things that you buy that are near the pharmacy but not behind the desk. So, you know, uh, Tylenol, Tylenol, um, uh, Robitussin. That's a good one. We heard a lot about Vicks Vapor Rub during the. Uh, <laughs> garage sale this morning you can also do that uh they've got all different kinds of items blood pressure cuffs surgical gloves kleenex toothpaste all kinds of things so that's what the -the over-the-counter benefit is with united healthcare there is not a separate card uh, the way that you use it, the really cool thing with United Healthcare, they're always kind of at the forefront of technology, I think, and they have provided an app for your cell phone. For All right, every- wait, wait, full stop. It, they provided the app. Does that come with a separate sheet of instructions? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> because I could see us getting calls like, I can't get the app to work. Like, everything else is fine, but now the app isn't responding. You don't need a special set of instruction with our office because we have Frank, and he's a verbal set of instructions. So you just give the office a call. If you have United Healthcare and you're having trouble with that app, you give Frank a call, 314-863-0008, and he will help walk you through it. But the cool thing not to start dampering the joy here, is that the app that United Healthcare provides, you can actually scan barcodes of items in Walgreens and see if they are covered under the over-the-counter benefit. So you can, you can be walking through the store and take a look and see if you have availability so there, I'm, which is I'm, cool. I'm walking through CVS. Mm-hmm. I see something that catches my eye. I open up my uh, UHC, app. UHC app. I scan the barcode. It tells me immediately whether that is a covered item or not? That's right, and it also tracks how much you've spent from your over-the-counter benefit in that particular quarter. Oh, so if I only have, like, say, $20 left and this is a $15 item, I know that I'm underneath the 
the radar and I can still make the purchase without coming off the hip. That's exactly. And I'm also oh. relatively sure if you have $15 left and it's a $20 item, they aren't going to allow you to use the $15 and then pay $5 in cash. I don't think it's sophisticated enough for that yet. So you you will want a good point. You will be want to want to be aware of that. You can also, if you don't like apps, get a catalog in the mail to order directly from them. Or if you set up your online account, you can order online, which is also nice. So it's an either or. You can you, you can, can do all three actually. If it's a Target rich environment at the Walgreens, you can you can open <laughs> up your app and just start scanning, or you can just wait for the for the catalog. <laughs> No, what are you laughing? I mean, how many times do I walk through the store and I see something that, like, you know, I didn't plan how on getting? How much does this cost? Right. And then, like, you know, if it costs too much, it starts to burn my hands. I drop it, and, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> yes. that's how it goes. You, Bob, I think we're getting a little too much information about you, my friend. So <laughs> he's a little, ch- <laughs> he, you know what? He's what we like to call frugal. Um, now, when can you start using this? You could start, you could have started using this on New Year's Day, my friend. January 1st is when everyone's benefits reset, which means you can start using this over-the-counter benefit immediately. And the funds are replenished on a quarterly basis. Now, be careful because the funds uh, don't roll over every quarter. They renew every quarter. So this is a use it or lose it. So if they've given you, just for nice round numbers, $100 a quarter, you really want to maximize uh, that benefit by using the $100. You don't want to leave any um, skin on the bones, so to speak. That is exactly right. And let me just chime in here because we have a benefits question. I have Aetna this year, and I expected to have to self-pay at my first dental visit. And they told me, no, they'll submit for me. No problem. Well, that's nice. Now, this is a per- this is not a new Aetna benefit, meaning that the benefit changed, and now all dentists will submit claims for you. You just happen to have a very friendly dentist that is willing to submit that claim for you. But the backstop for everyone is the reimbursement, the dental reimbursement form for Aetna, which is different than the fitness reimbursement form through Aetna. They make you do a little bit more legwork, but some of their benefits tend to be a little bit more lucrative. And if you have the right dentist, they do the work for you, which is really cool. Now, Craig's wife, Julie. She went from a Medigap policy to the Aetna HMO plan, so the Aetna Gold Advantage plan. And she was obviously very excited about all the great benefits that Craig was getting, and she wanted to know, well, will she be getting those uh, same benefits? Because, you know, she's on a Aetna HMO plan, and Craig is on the United Healthcare PPO PPO policy. policy. So Frank was able to really cause a ruckus. Because Julie's benefits under the Aetna policy are slightly better than Craig's benefits under the United Healthcare policy. And our texter did point out last week that United has a few more options with their over the counter benefit, but less money. Aetna has more money, but less options in terms of what you can purchase. So there are trade offs even with these extra benefits. But now, th- go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of the uh, main differences is no app with the uh, Aetna benefits. So you just create an online account using the uh, AetnaMedicare.com to purchase the items directly online, or you can go into the store and the items marked OTC can be purchased in-store using your Aetna card. 
Right. So they don't. They're not as technologically advanced yet. I'm sure Aetna will eventually catch up. But you can use the online access portal, or you can get the catalog mailed to you. Our next texture wrote, you know, how much is the United Healthcare over-the-counter benefit? It is forty dollars per quarter with the Aetna. I'm sorry, with the United Healthcare PPO. It is seventy dollars per quarter with the United Healthcare HMO. And if you are using Aetna, like Julie is, you have a hundred and twenty dollars a quarter. That's almost five. It's four eighty for the year. I mean, I w- would really be hard pressed to go in there and take four hundred and eighty dollars worth of merchandises in the over the counter capacity. I mean, that's well. Don't let Aetna keep those benefits because if you haven't found a hundred and twenty dollars in the quarter to spend on yourself, I have a client that came up with just a really generous idea, which is that once you've bought all the toothpaste you can possibly handle for the year and you have nothing else to spend the money on, why don't you buy Buy some toiletries that you can purchase, you know, at uh, CVS or Walgreens and donate them to local charities that accept toiletries as donations. I just thought of something horrible. Well, then don't say it. (laughs) Nobody wants to know your horrible thoughts. We're here for joy and light today and over-the-counter benefits through your Medicare Advantage plan. As a thought experiment. Oh, gosh. what would stop someone, in theory, a from lot. from <laughs> from using the over-the-counter benefit to say buy toiletries, toothpaste, what have you, and then like little sway of hand? I'm not advocating doing this at all, but what would stop them from you know going to a different CVS and just be like, yeah, I want to return these store credit? I I don't know, but we're not we're not condoning or no no no. I just uh, I no not at all. For that. Certainly not. And I think that it's separate because it's reflected in your over-the-counter benefits, so you're going to have that poor person behind the desk being like, ma'am, you didn't pay for this. I'm from back east, so I naturally assume so they that. Rob, the other thing is you probably don't have a receipt, and they're going right. to no, you stole this from Walgreens. <laughs> right. Stop trying to get our listeners arrested. <laughs> I don't think that they play straight talk on retirement in prison, okay? My right, goodness. So. No, it just it just popped into my head just as I was like, well, what would stop someone from doing? And you know, the wheels started turning. Well, morality, morality, morality. Well, yeah. Also, there, there's certainly nothing stopping you from if you have an excess um, money in your in your plan, and you're purchasing Advil, which happens mm-hmm. to be unfortunately one of my favorite vitamins at 67 years old. <laughs> Buying a bottle for your parents, right, or giving it something to your kids. Or, a great stocking uh, stuffers at the end of the year. Band aids. I mean, everybody everybody can use these type of things, and it is a great it is a great benefit. It is. But do us a favor. Um, we're not bailing anybody out of jail for trying to resell these products. So <laughs> resell them or return them. None of this. But just so right. you know, there are lots of options as to how you can use your benefits. Lots of different op- benefits out there for you to utilize, and I. Uh, speak about this frequently, which is if there is a particular benefit, you're using a Medicare Advantage plan, it could be we're talking specifically about United Healthcare and Aetna right now, but Humana, Essence, all of these Medicare Advantage plans, they track how much of the benefit is used throughout the entire Missouri and Illinois population, and that's how they determine what the benefits are going to look like in the next year. So we've seen, and this you can kind of see this 
over the course of the last 10 years with, for example, the dental benefit. If I use the Aetna HMO, which 10 years ago was the Coventry HMO, they started out with a $200 a year benefit, and they had a dental network which had about 17 dentists in it, and you had to use the dental network in order to get your $200 benefit. Everybody kept using and also complaining about this benefit. So over the past 10 years, it has increased to $3,250 a year with Aetna and no dental network. And while they won't cover veneers, many of these plans will cover implants, which is amazing when you think about it. Which is better than private dental does. They usually don't even cover implants. So... If you want to see your benefit impro- your extra benefits improved over the years, if you want to see them maintained, be sure to maximize them, which means use every single dollar that the insurance company is offering you because the other side of it is when you have to spend money on your Medicare Advantage plan because you've gone to the doctor, you need the hospital, you need surgery, an exam, an x-ray, they aren't giving you any extra discounts. You get what the price list was when you first signed up for the plan. So they're not going to give you a break on what you owe. Don't give them a break on what they owe you. And we have a texter that just uh, sent this along. This is why Home Depot stopped letting people take damaged plants for free. People were returning them. Now they throw them in the closed dumpster. Well, you know what? Now you see why someone like yourself ruins it for everyone. Well, you know, uh, it. I can't argue with that. Thank you, Texter, for pointing that out. I didn't have a good example, but that was a great one. It's not my fault. It's the way I was raised. <laughs> uh, I, I, have I, know, I know your dad. He doesn't resemble that remark. Exactly. I have to say the selection of over-the-counter with Aetna, in my opinion, is very disappointing to, compared to United Healthcare. I believe most will find it hard to use $120 a quarter. There's always a catch, isn't there? You know, I haven't personally taken a look at the over-the-counter options available through United or through Aetna, but... Um, $120 a corner is very, very generous, and especially with inflation and everything being what it is right now. It's uh, it's better to have more meat on the sandwich than less, I would say. And, you know, like Aaron was saying, if, you know, you have relatives, you want to do them a solid and pick them up some over-the-counter uh, items that they may need, I'm sure they're not going to complain. So all in all, it's just a phenomenal benefit that uh, that Aetna and United Healthcare offers. And, you know, quite frankly, I wish I could get on these plans because I'm jealous. Well, and I would just say that the texture just points out a good point, which is that they've been able to offer more money because they've limited the options in which you could buy things for with that money. Um, so it, we have spent a lot of time, like I said, talking about the extra benefits because that's where the majority of the changes have arisen in the last year. If you are an inv- individual that's been utilizing Medicare Advantage over the last several years, you've pr- probably noticed that the difference between the Aetna HMO and the United Healthcare HMO in terms of the medica- medical, the, d- the prescription, and your doctor networks really hasn't changed drastically. Uh, $100 here or there in maximum amount of pocket and five or $10 on either side for some of these specialists and um, 
primary care physician visits, so we wanted to spend extra time talking about the big changes and making sure that everyone knows all the extra benefits that you can utilize in these policies because that's really what adds a lot of benefit to the Medicare Advantage plans. Aside from having comprehensive coverage that you only pay for when you actually utilize, you get a lot of extra things that can help reduce your monthly expenses um, that you wouldn't normally associate with a health care policy, like being able to buy some Advil, being able to buy your toothpaste, having the, the fitness allowance, and also having the silver sneakers, we, um, and the vision and the hearing benefits available there in your policies as well. Most people don't think about that as out-of-pocket expenses, but they truly are, and they can really add up. And maybe if they give you this money every quarter, you can kind of base your spending depending on what season of the year you're in. You know, if uh, September, you may want to start loading up on, you know, your flu, cough, and, you know, runny nose uh, type over-the-counter stuff. As we go into spring, into summer, maybe uh, if they allow, depending, uh, may want to stock up on uh, sunscreen, which is... And sunscreen is never cheap. It's always you pick up a small bottle and they want like 15 bucks for it. And you're like, eh, I think I'm just going to get burned this year. And to my texture, who isn't really thrilled with the Aetna options, if you're odd Aetna, and I'll mention this to everyone before we take our next break of the hour. If you are not pleased with your current Medicare Advantage plan, if you jumped on to one of these plans because of the extra benefits and you don't feel like they're really extra to you, you want to make a different selection, guess what? You have a second opportunity to do that. From January 1st to March 31st, you can give Frank a call at 314-863-0008 or send him an email at franklin at jblfinancial.com and say, Frank, I want an open enrollment review. I'm not in love with this or that specific benefit of my plan or my physician retired and I need to find a new one. I want to go back to my old, a different Medicare Advantage plan. You are able to do that all the way up until March 31st without any medical underwriting. Now, if you have spent any money on your policy, meaning any medical um that doesn't carry over for you, so you're going to start a brand new maximum out-of-pocket with your new plan. But if you are interested in making a change, you didn't miss on your final opportunity to do so. You still have, you know, two and a half-ish months to take a look at an alternative option. It will begin the first of the next month. Let's... Oh, look, we have a great texture that just wrote, I make up a small bag of toiletries, toothbrushes, toothpaste, tissues, cough drops from my extra benefits that I don't need and hand them out to the homeless. You see, there are all kinds of things you can do with these extra benefits. That uh, may not just benefit you. Right, exactly. I mean, after your me- needs and those of your immediate family have been met, I mean, sure. Uh, sure. Why, I mean... Absolutely, and please don't try to return them to CVS or Walgreens. With that being said, we're going to take our first break of this hour. When we get back, we're going to talk about some rock stars of the week. So don't touch that dial. We'll be back with more Straight Talk on retirement after these messages. You help my mom and dad, but here's what's interesting. It's kind of hard to impress my dad. And he said, oh, and my. best friends. Yeah, but <laughs> he also said, I cannot believe how knowledgeable Larn is about every aspect of the real estate market. Because you can also help people find the right mortgage lender and yep. everything else that goes into it. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the crazy part. If you think about... Like, what are you a big fan of, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have, like, a sports guy, right, he could tell you every single thing about Mizzou football. 
right? Or they could tell you every stat of every MLB pitcher. Well, my nerdy obsession is real estate. Mm. So it is. It, it makes me hyped up, and I get super excited to learn more and more about real estate. And when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Well, you certainly do, and I am impressed every single time we talk. Lauren Risley Realty, 314-775-0684. Experience what I've experienced with my mom and dad, what my friends have experienced. Lauren Risley Realty, 314-775-0684. This is Jeff Lapidus, the retirement coach. Wouldn't it be great to have a game plan, a real strategy, so that no matter what was going on in the stock market, the economy, or the world, that you could be confident about your retirement? Wouldn't that be great? If you're within five years of retirement, call me today at 314-863-0008. That's 314-863-0008. Or send me an email, jeff at jblfinancial.com, to arrange your free coaching session. Let's get started on your retirement game plan today. Let's talk about smart choices for your money. It's Straight Talk and Retirement on the Big 550 KTRS. Here are your retirement coaches, Jeff and Aaron Lapidus. Well, we're back here on the Big 550 KTRS, halfway through hour number two. But we're, our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. 314-931-5877 or 84 one two six from the ever popular KTRS text line, and the texts are kind of quiet right now, and there's no one on the phone waiting to get in. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about our rock star of the week. That's right. Let's talk about Tom. And Tom is turning sixty-five in January, and guess what? He's tired of working. His wife Julie turning 66 in March, and she's ready to quit as well. They would like to retire after Julie's birthday in March. Tom has amassed $1.4 million in his 401k, congratulations, and Julie has amassed 620000 in her 401k, 60000 of which is in a Roth. They also have 60000 in savings and $80,000 in mutual fund investments. That is really awesome. Yeah, they sound good. So let's uh, so let's uh, let's do the math, shall we? That let's. So uh, Tom, it looks like has a bit of pension income, which is going to total nine hundred dollars a month. And when we combine both Tom and Julie's Social Security benefit, they're going to be receiving thirty seven hundred dollars a month. So uh, their expected income. Uh, from fixed sources is going to total $4,600 a month. Uh, When we sat down with Tom and Julie, we found that they're spending about $6,000 a month. And uh, in order to meet our tax obligations, we're going to gross that up by 20%. So they really need about $7,200 a month. If, uh, if we subtract that expected income of $4,600 a month from their need of $7,200, we know that they're short about $2,600 a month. Or $31,000 for the year. So if you're following along with us, you can do this math for yourself, which is how much are we spending every month? Now, if you aren't exactly sure, I think the shortcut way to do this is take your after-tax pay, so what is literally dropped into your bank account every month, and use that as your spending. 
that's a great baseline to start with. It also, for most people that are able to retire, it is usually a slight overestimation of how much they are spending. So you'll create a natural buffer for yourself if you just use your after-tax pay after everything's been taken out. So just look at your bank account, your deposits for the month, how much are those, gross it up for taxes by 20% like we did for Tom and Julie, and you'll be right there with us. So. They need, they're short about $2,600 a month or 31200 for the year. We know the capital needed to satisfy that would be $800,000, but they have some other uh, expenses coming down the coming down the pike, Before don't they? Before we get to those other expenses, how did we get to needing the $800,000 of capital? You have to divide 4% by the 31200 and that will give you the capital requirement needed. Right, because 4% is what we consider a prudent rate of withdrawal because our goal is for you to live off of the interest and the earnings of your capital and not deplete the principal over a long period of time. So to get back to some of those extra expenses that Tom and Julie are going to have, they have a home remodeling of the kitchen, which they estimate to be about $60,000, which I hope that they're not replacing cabinets because it's probably more expensive than that. I was thinking that's... A relatively nice number for a kitchen uh, remodel. Next, they have a wedding. <laughs> a wedding in 2025. That's going to be $25,000. That also sounds little. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Continue. Go ahead. Um, see, I'm not the only one thinking awful things. Okay. And then we have gifts to the granddaughter for school. And that's going to be $60,000. And finally, we have the last car. <laughs> And that's 45000 So when we add up all that, we come to a $1.1 million capital requirement needed. Yeah, when we review back where they were, um, obviously between their qualified retirement plans of about $2 million and their savings of about $140,000, we the rock stars, right? So they have more than sufficient capital to meet their needs, which is just great. Um, another question was, does it matter when Tom elects his Social Security benefit? Well, Tom is 65 years old. So when he retires in March, he will have not reached his full retirement age. He'll be probably more than halfway through the year, I'm guessing, at this point. to get. We didn't see what... He turns 65 in January, so he'll be 65 in just a few months. So he'll be about a year and four or five months short of his full retirement age, which means his Social Security benefit is going to be reduced by about 12%. So if you're looking at your Social Security statement, on the front page in the upper right corner, that is the number that you receive at full retirement. You have to flip inside. They used to make it a booklet, but I've only seen printouts now. So on the back page, they show you your benefit at 62, your benefit at 65, your benefit at 66 and 8 months, your benefit at 67. You'll want to take a look at that graph to see exactly where your benefit lines up with your age. And every year Tom decides not to take it, he's getting an 8% increase. Although, on the other side of that, we then have to plan for the loss of income because if he waits to take Social Security, we'll have to add that money into the shortfall because he won't be getting it. That is also true. Luckily, um, you know, it's it's a situation where Tom has the assets where we could uh, decide to put off 
taking Social Security for either him or his wife and allow that benefit to build because he has that capital to allow that benefit to grow and still uh, be able to fund that shortfall. Right, because we kind of calculated that they have over 900000 of capital that is not going to be required for their monthly income need, nor will it be required for those extra expenses that we outlined um, when we chat w- just a few moments ago and when we were chatting with Tom and Julie. So they do have some flexibility in when electing the benefit. However, the other Im- interesting thing is Julie is older than Tom. So we did not uh, put a breakdown of the differential between Julie's benefit and Tom's benefit, which could have an impact on who elects first and when. Yes, and we also didn't um, – we didn't have a deep discussion here, which we could, about um, whether one of them or both of them would decide they want to go back to work in some capacity because we know that because they're under normal retirement age – they're so, they would be subject to the Social Security take back if they earned over twenty two thousand um, in two thousand and twenty four. So, what's cool is is that rock stars have choices. Right. Yeah. So let's be a rock star, right? That's exactly right. We have a couple of text questions here. First one, Dad: Are the tax brackets going to change this year when we file next year jointly? Uh, of course, they're indexed. <laughs> for, they're, of course, they're indexed for inflation. Uh, but I think they're referring to the sunsetting of the uh, the Trump tax cuts. Well, um, they could, but they but they they may, but they may not. Maybe. Uh, if they if they if Congress does permit these to sunset, you're looking at about a two percent increase in, in tax rates. But no also big, all of the uh, trade. Uh, well, let me just let me please add this: no big deal, because really it is not that big of a deal. It's not a, and I was also going to mention, and I've had this conversation with a few clients over the last few weeks, which is there were quite a few trade-offs in the reduction of the percentages of the brackets, the widening of the brackets, the doubling of the uh, standard deduction. A lot of other offsets um, were factored into the Trump tax cuts, which eliminated previous tax cuts. So most people didn't see a huge change in their overall tax bill when the truck tax cuts were originally initiated. So I would venture to say that if they were to sunset, you wouldn't see a huge change even with the changing of the percentages of the brackets. Uh, the other thing that I would just point out is if we all remember, the Obama administration actually extended the Bush tax cuts of the previous of their previous administration. So, um, in an election year, you would think that potentially the the Biden administration would do the same of the Trump tax cuts to uh, keep voters mildly appeased. And it is historically been proven that income tax rates are political footballs. Right. And so, if they do go up in the near term, they'll end up going down sometime later so making decisions about oh my god the the tax rates are going to sunset is not is not good algebra um can a gym be a deduction from an hsa account unfortunately i do not believe so you can actually log on to irs.gov and take a look at what uh, if you type in hsa they will give you a full and complete list of all of the things that you are able to use your hsa for 
Oh, honey, I thought you said gin. I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably medicinal for some people. <laughs> Mike, the two of you just have endless jokes today. We have people returning items they didn't pay for, using gin for I their HSA. I said what would stop, so it was a hypothetical. About, I wasn't talking about bathing in gin literally, but you, you never know, which is great. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's fine. Um Again, our phone line's open. We'd love to hear from you, but I think what we need to do is, uh, are we going to take any more text questions? I think we should take our next break of the hour before this gets out of hand again. (laughs) That sounds great. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with our last segment of Satan Talk on Retirement right after these messages. What if I told you that with one click to Wholesale Signing Depot, that's WSDepot.com, you can view the best selection of windows, doors, siding, and decking products that are durable, up-to-date, and energy-saving that will increase your home's value and comfort. All at wholesale pricing to save your hard-earned money. My grandson Elijah says, Are you kidding me? My name is Julius Krasanik, celebrating 51 years in this industry. Our local and family business is Wholesale Siding Depot. Please visit our website at wsdepot.com. That's wsdepot.com. For name brand windows from Anderson and Viwinko, CertainTeed Composite and Vinyl Siding, Pro-V and Masonite Doors, Decking from Azac, Envision, Fortress, and Trex. We also offer a free contractor referral service to take care of your installation needs. Keep it local and professional. Please visit wsdepot.com. That's wsdepot.com. This is Aaron Lapidus, the retirement coach. Wouldn't it be great to have a game plan, a real strategy, so that no matter what was going on in the stock market, the economy, or the world, you could be confident about your retirement? Wouldn't that be great? If you're within five years of retirement, call me today at 314-863-0008. That's 314-863-0008. Or send me an email at Aaron at JBL financial.com to arrange your free coaching session let's get started on your retirement game plan today let's talk about smart choices for your money it's great talk and retirement on the big 550 ktrs here are your retirement coaches jeff and aaron lapidus welcome back to our last segment of straight talk on retirement for this saturday I thought that we could kick off this last part of the hour with a chat about required minimum distributions. Maybe you were newly uh, responsible for taking a required minimum distribution last year and you got to the end of the year and you weren't really sure what to do with all of that excess if you happen to have it. So it just went into your checking and your savings account, maybe a money market account, Um, or you're newly eligible this year. And you're trying to start thinking of a few things of what you can do with your required minimum distribution if you don't need all of the money. Rob, tell us the first one. This one happens to be my personal favorite. And what a great place to be in when you actually don't need the money from your RMDs and now you're like having this good problem to have. The first thing you can do is you can give gifts to the family. You can give gifts to your family. Especially on their birthday. Happy birthday tomorrow too, Aaron. Oh, so does that mean because Rob and I are now married that uh, was a 30, he's not getting a gift thirty six thirty thirty four thousand dollars? The twenty twenty four gift tax limit is seventeen thousand per.
per giver to each recipient. So if you've got the extra cash, you can start writing the checks. And this is a wonderful way to share your financial success with loved ones. Hint, hint, Jeff. Right. Hint, hint, hint. Hint. You're you're right. And it is better to give than to receive. So Except for if it's cash to me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And and just as a, a slight correction there. It was seventeen thousand, but this year it's eighteen thousand. Oh so my it's actually god! Up to Thirty-six. So you can give me even more love, honey. <laughs> I'm not old enough for a required minimum distribution. You see, so that will have to wait. Uh, either am I? <laughs> As a reminder, you can make, if you'd like, a qualified charitable donation or char- qualified qualified charitable distribution so how does this work rob you would be giving a donation directly from the custodian of the retirement to the organization so think of it as hands it comes out of the bank or the custodian it never touches your hands it goes directly to the institution that you want to fund and the reason for it it not touching your hands once it touches your hands it no longer becomes a qualified charitable distribution i like yes so the key here is it needs to be a third-party check essentially from your ira account you can give up to a hundred thousand dollars of uh qualified charitable distributions per year that count toward your required minimum distribution and i would just like to point out a little bit of um tax housekeeping for everyone even if you decide to make a qualified charitable distribution from your ira account that number is still going to be recorded on your 1099 so when you receive a 1099 for the following year for the previous year's distributions every distribution is recorded so when you are taking your paperwork to your tax preparer your accountant or you're going to sit down with TurboTax. You need to have your 1099s, but you also want copies of either the letters from the charitable organizations that reflect how much you gave or copies of the canceled checks from your custodian showing how much you gave. So you can record my my required minimum distribution was 20000 I gave 5000 in charity, and I paid taxes on the remaining 15000 So when you are doing your taxes or someone is preparing them for you, they will be able to reflect that 5000 of the 20000 in this example is not um, taxable to you. That's good. That's good information. Very good. Before we move on, um, we want to go back to the gifts to family um, with a quick text <laughs> question. <laughs> Um, Is it true that you can give more than the maximum gift allowance to a child? The difference would come off of your estate exemption. Yes, that is correct. So there is no limit to how much you can gift an individual. Dad, please take notes. There is no limit to how much you can gift. But if you exceed the annual gift amount, you're required to file a gift tax return as the giver. And the excess... You're not taxed on it, but it goes against your estate tax exemption after once the second person or if you're the if you're the sole individual of your estate passes away of twelve point two five million as it stands right now. 
exactly. So, honey, I, I'm not going to give you more than that, I promise. I'll just wait. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Um, so that that's a good one. Uh, another thing that uh, many folks are looking at, they might consider, is funding a 529 plan, which, again, is a college education and actually can be for other types of um, educational savings account. The money grows income tax-free, and if for some reason it isn't used by that person, um, it can be rolled over. Um, part of it can be rolled over into a Roth IRA as long as it's been retained for at least 15 years. And this is kind of an interesting one because, and honey, when it talks about gifting, I was really thinking about this with you and your sister, which was... You were we really know thinking about I it? I really was thinking about this. Uh, then the thought left my mind, but I just want to let you know I was thinking about it. <laughs> the sure thought left my mind. I think it's... Uh, I, uh, it's coming back here. So, if I'm correct, I believe that the amount, the maximum amount that you're permitted to roll over to a Roth from a unused 529 plan, I believe it's um, thirty-five thousand. Is that correct? Yes. So, what what happens is you could, if you wanted to, estate planning move, um, set up a 529 plan for an adult, any adult. Assuming your children actually are adults, sometimes they they don't act like it, but you know they are legally. And what happens is you fund that, and uh, they don't use it. It becomes a uh, another way to gift. And this one isn't actually subject to the gift tax exemption. That was a nice change that they offered in allowing the unused portion of the 529 to be rolled into the Roth IRA, because you wouldn't want to fund a 529 and with the idea that maybe some of that money would get stuck there in the sense that it wouldn't be used for educational purposes, and then you really didn't have another place to put it. Right, and but if you are someone that is, has uh, some unused $529 for a child or a grandchild, there are several rules involved in this uh, recharacterization of funds. First, the 529 has to be in existence for how long? Like 15, 15 years. And you can only transfer the maximum Roth contribution from 529 to Roth per year, and there's a maximum of $36,000 okay. lifetime. So just just as a few caveats, because we don't want to make it sound too good to be true. And they just uh, instituted these changes. So, you yep. know, it's, uh, it could be a work in progress. Well, everything is a work in progress with these guys. But Yes, it is. Well, I think we'll have some fun stories that uh, we'll be able to tell here on future shows about that type of planning for clients, because certainly that's something to consider. Um, another thing I know, go ahead. I'm, no, I'm I was going to say another thing to consider with your uh, RMDs is prepaying the taxes. You know, most people don't often consider uh, using their RMD as a way to cover your whole tax burden for the year, but that's certainly an option if you're, you know, stuck for ideas of what exactly to do with your RMD. Right, especially as we're thinking about at the beginning of the year, property ta- personal property tax us- bills don't usually go out until the end of the year. So if you – and if you are over 65 and you had a freeze on your property taxes, you know exactly how much you're going to owe in November if you aren't escrowing taxes because you still have a mortgage. Then you might consider putting a chunk aside to pay those taxes in November. Yeah, another thought that ran through my mind was many of our clients – um, and this isn't from our direction, but when they do their Social Security elections, they don't often 
elect to have federal income taxes withheld. So if you were to take your RMD early, instead of being forced to do quarterly payments, quarterly estimates, or even dealing with it at the end of the year and possibly having a penalty, uh, taking that RMD early and then making that as a, as a contribution for your uh, federal income taxes this year makes it a little bit easier. And, right, and the way that you would do that, if, if you're in the 10-15% tax bracket, you can over-withhold from your required minimum distribution when it is distributed from your IRA and sent to your bank account or to another account um, that you select. You can say withhold X up percentage, which would equate to the uh, amount of federal taxes that you owe towards the end of the year. So at least with our broker dealer, you only have to receive a single dollar and you can withhold significantly more to send off to the federal government if you'd like. Uh, That's a pretty smart idea. Another smart idea is also um, something we talk a lot about on the show and really is extremely appropriate um, at the beginning of the year, which is rebalancing your portfolio. You know, there are several ways that you can deploy your RMD if you're not going to spend it right away. Obviously, reinvesting the money inside of a after-tax account is a way for you to um, rebalance your portfolio, whether, whether it's adding to fixed income positions or, frankly, maybe even adding to growth positions. And, you know, one of the other tax advantage of this is that we know that um, – Securities that are purchased on an after-tax basis do step up to the fair market value from the cost basis um, at the date of death. So that's a good thing to do. So what if, say, someone were to do that and say they you know, were to take their RMD and, and put it in that after-tax account and say even that they were even more aggressive in their after-tax account than they were in their retirement account, if, God forbid, something happens to them, uh, they bought Nvidia at say five hundred dollars, or you know, we'll just use the, as a random example. As a random example, and it appreciated quite a bit. When that person dies, whoever's inheriting it gets it at the fair market value, so they're not they don't owe any taxes necessarily, depending on if that uh, changes between the date of death and the date when they sell it. But they get a, that enormous step up in in basis that they don't have to worry about, you know, chasing down the cost basis of, you know, what did dad buy this at? What did mom buy this at? Exactly. Yes. And, you know, as a, we'll say the other side of the coin to gifting, by, by making this type of an investment and maybe investing in things that make sense for a younger generation, someone that has more time and frankly might be, have a longer time period and therefore, um, a longer time horizon and obviously um, have the time for more ups and downs in the market, more growth potential. By keeping in your after-tax account, what you're able to do is retain control. So you can make those distributions as you want. If you want to, you can certainly make sales of those securities over a period of time, pay the capital gains, um, etc. So good idea. Again, rebalancing your portfolio or maybe creating a portfolio for somebody else and the next thing you could do with your rmd if you don't have a home for it is you could build up your vault you know if you're not quite what what you what you're going to do with the money or what you might need it for you might consider a high yielding money market account many of them are paying over four percent which is beautiful and you can take advantage of some of those interest rates with that money as you build your vault you know, this is really important, and 
I would say that in you know, 80% of the last probably 50 coaching sessions that I've had, um, we've been having discussions with clients about taking money from those low interest bearing savings accounts and moving them to higher interest paying um, money market accounts. Problem is, is that you know typically we park money in the bank. It's our local bank. It's a place that we do. Um, it's easy to get access to. But what happens is they may be having better offers that are available, but they're not banging down the door to tell you about. So investigate what options are available to you, maybe outside of certificates of deposit, unless, of course, you want to lock up money for specific periods of time. But there are many online um, high-yielding money markets that are available today, which are FDIC-insured. Um, many of them are also purchasing treasury notes, which makes them extremely secure. And, you know, we weren't having this discussion 12 months ago, right? And really for many, many years. But 4% is a lot better than 1%. Take advantage of it. It absolutely is. And this is my favorite. <clears throat> this is my favorite one. Splurge. Um, sometimes, and I have found this to be very true, retirees who have been saving their entire lives um, need a little extra to nudge to spend some cash. Um, if you've, you know, most people that are able to retire put an extreme focus on saving before spending, on living below their means so they would be able to have a comfortable retirement. But now that you've spent your entire life saving, you've created a lifestyle that was below your means, maybe it's time to take a little bit of the extra required minimum distribution and take a vacation or take your – we have found that a lot of our clients are now – prioritizing time and experiences over gifts. So maybe you're taking the kids and the grandkids on a trip where grandma and grandpa cover the airfare or grandma and grandpa cover the board, you know, the hotel or the house that you rent, and you get to create an experience with your family that you haven't had the opportunity to do in the past or you haven't had the means to do in the past. And, you know, in that vein um – when we talk about splurging, another thing you might consider with your RMD money is if the RMD money is truly extra and you have a high risk tolerance and a little of knowledge of some investing, you may want to uh, take a risk. You may want to uh, – something may have caught your eye and you're like, you know, I just have a feeling about this. And if it really is extra money that, you know, that you don't have a home for or a purpose, purpose for – that could be a strategy that you look into. Absolutely. And, you know, we got a text question about a little potential over-the-counter Medicare Advantage benefit um, charitable giving contest, and I'm going to introduce it next week. We need to th flush through some ideas, but if you have an over-the-counter benefit, you haven't been using it all, we might have an opportunity for you to help out the more needy members of our community down the line and maybe get a little extra benefit for it. So thank you for listening today. Please tune in next week, and we really appreciate you listening, 314-863-0008, if you'd like to come see us in person and have a great weekend. 
opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and JPL Financial Services, Inc. are separate entities from LPL Financial. 